Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Our hope is that your spiritual life will be fruitful as you listen in during our spiritual emphasis campaign on the Forgotten God. Yes, let's give a warm hand to, to Wangari. She's perhaps the best example of somebody who follows a compassion and a bleeding that God has placed in her heart and a really deep desire to step out and to be used of God to make exceptional changes, to start her movement for change in such exceptional ways. And I pray that as we talk today about God's will, that you too will be inspired to search deep in your heart to ask, what is my little thing that I can do? So good morning, everyone. I think it's is it morning or afternoon. It's morning. Good. I'm delighted to be here. Always a privilege to serve. I always like to share that being here was never part of the plan that I had for my life. It was never part of the items of the vision board that I had for my life. But here I am because God is faithful and each of us is enough with every gift that the Lord has put in your hands. Each of us is able to step out and do something and to be used of God to do exceptional things only because God is enough. Everybody say God is enough. God is enough. Great. So my title of someone today is that we should always say yes. So always say yes. And our scripture for the week comes from the book of Galatians 5.16. And this is what it says. So I say... Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I don't know about you, but I have really enjoyed this season of the Spiritual Emphasis Campaign and been truly challenged by the truths that have been shared by Francis Chan. I especially resonated with how we began at the beginning of the Spiritual Emphasis Campaign, with really thinking about how have we thought about the Holy Spirit in the past. Reverend Shiramba shared with us that somebody came to him and said, oh, you don't have the Holy Spirit um, here in this church, here in Karura. And that is because their experience of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit has always been um, quite loud and quite energetic and maybe people who speak in tongues. But that is a problem because then that would mean that for the rest of us for whom the Holy Spirit does not manifest in that way, would often feel like we are not enough or we're like not spiritual enough or that the Lord doesn't use us. And so it's important this journey we have walked about understanding what is the true manifestation of the Holy Spirit to understand that he is in each one of us. The only thing that we need to do is to accept Jesus. Another profound thought was that if we say that we are led by the Spirit, then we must genuinely ask ourselves whether we want to do his will and his bidding and whether we want to be submitted completely to his direction. And so we are in week six, and what a thought-provoking title that we had in our text this week. It said, forget about his will for your life. We are being challenged truly to have a heart posture that truly believes in God and in his word. This is radical faith. And that is the kind of faith that each of us is being called to. And so today I'll share three points. The first of which is that God wants me 
to say yes to obedience. For those of you who have the pamphlet, um, you can follow through with the pamphlet. So God wants me to say yes to obedience. So we cannot say that we are going to go with God, we are going to walk with God and expect to do things our way, to accomplish and expect that he will accomplish the purposes of our lives. If we want to go with God, then we must change our direction. For us to do the will of God, we are the ones who need to do an adjustment to the things that we do in order to follow his ways and to be secure that we are walking in his will. And Francis Chan puts it very well in his book when he says, when we meet Jesus, we have to change direction. We change direction. And it's not easy because obedience will be uncomfortable. It will be uncomfortable not only to us, but also to the people around us as we respond to the voice of God. Obedience is sacrificial and obedience will be costly. We must, must lose something so that we can decrease, so that we can say that Christ and give Christ the space to increase in our hearts but also in our lives. Obedience might mean that you have to love those who hate you. Obedience might mean that you must love those who ourselves we dislike. Obedience may also call us to apologize even when we have the conviction that we were right. Obedience may also mean that you give your last 100 shillings because there is a need that has been presented that you need to respond to. Obedience may also mean that you lose that extra two hours of sleep that you love so much and that you value so much in order to wake up and pray, in order to wake up and read the word, in order to wake up and be present. Obedience will always cost you something. Often we say that Christ is Lord of our lives. The problem is that when we say that, we don't want him to interrupt our lives and the paths that we have established and the things that we are used to. When we say that we want him in our lives, what we're really saying is that we want him to affirm everything that we want to do. And we want him never to ask us to shift direction or to change anything that we ourselves have planned. If, we want, if what we want is for God to walk down the path that we have established, that we have chosen, and we want God to protect our plans, the plans that we have set up, then we are in trouble at the heart of our relationship with God. We have a misunderstanding about the order of our relationship with the sovereign God. David Livingstone was a 19th century missionary who was from Scotland, and as you know, he committed his life to bring the gospel to Africa. Perhaps this prayer that he made will inspire you and I to let go and to let Christ. This is what he said. Lord, send me anywhere, but only go with me. 
lay any burden on me, only sustain me. Sever any tie, but the tie that be to thyself, the tie that binds him to God. This is radical faith and a radical obedience that is fully willing to step into the direction that God is calling him to. But as we seek to obey God, let us be assured by his promises, and there are so many, that what he envisions for our life will always be good. It will always be acceptable, and also it will always be perfect. And these three words shall fill us with a lot of peace and a lot of confidence as we obey him because we will know that we have a belonging in the one true God, the only sovereign God. So let us reflect a little bit on these three areas. And the first one is that God's will is good. It is always good. The Lord's plan for your life and my life is morally honorable. It is excellent and it is also beneficial to you. It may not always appear so at first, but we must remember that God has promised that he is the one who works all things out for our good. And that the father is careful about what he permits to touch your life and my life. And why is that? It's quite simple because he himself is truly a good God. Psalms 145.9 affirms that the Lord is good to all. Secondly, the Lord's plan for us is acceptable. It is both pleasing to him as God but it's also satisfying to us as his children. He says in Psalm 16, 11, that he makes known to us the path of life. That when we sit in his presence, there'll always be fullness of joy. And that when we sit at his right hand, there will be pleasures and those pleasures will be there forevermore. They are consistent and they are always present. We have become acceptable to God, not because of what we have done, of who we are, but because of what Christ did at the cross. And because of what he did, we are accepted fully and forever by God. Philippians 2.13 says that it is God who is at work in us, both to will and also to work his good pleasure. And finally, God's will for you will always be perfect. Now, when we read perfect, we might be a little bit anxious. We might even be scared because perfection is a very tall order. It's the one thing that we can never achieve because we are not God. But the word perfect in this scripture, that's not what it intends. The Greek word uh, teleos, so first of all here, last week I had Pastor Edna say something in Greek, and then the week before Reverend Shiramba 
said also said something in Greek. And so today I decided this alliance girl must find something in Greek uh, so that you know that we did some research. But the Greek word here for perfect is teleos. And what it says is that it is finished. It is brought to maturity. It is enabled to reach the goal. And it is needing absolutely nothing for completeness. And so today let's rest assured in his assurance that he's good, he's acceptable, and his perfect will is not only within your reach that you can grasp it, but that the Lord himself is capable and able to work it out in your life. But the only thing that we are called to do is to trust him day by day as we walk. Number two, God wants me to say yes as a sign of surrender to himself. Another adjustment that we must make as his children is that we must fully depend on him and that we must fully trust that he wants to do things through us. Christ said that our relationship with him should be like the vine and the branches. In John 15, 5, it says, apart from him, we can do nothing. But with him, we are strong. We are encouraged. We can stand firm. We can use every gift that he has given towards that, that which his desire is. And this is a major shift for us, that we can do nothing aside from being attached to the vine that is Jesus Christ. When our God purposes something, he always guarantees that it will come to pass. That he is the one who will accomplish that which he intends to do all the time. Because God has our ultimate plan. Because after all, he is the creator. We are the created. It is not vice versa. Francis Chan reminds us that God has not promised us that we will have a 20-year plan for action. The only thing that we are truly promised is that the Lord himself will be present and that we are in a partnership with, the, with him. Don't these words just give you the assurance? Doesn't this mean that you should not fear because he has said, do not fear? Does this mean that you should not be anxious because the Lord, the creator has said, do not be anxious. So why are you fearful and anxious of the path that he wants to establish for your life? Henry Blackaby, a Christian scholar, shared a story about a church that was once very desirous of uh, bringing the community to the church. And so they went in the presence of God and they asked, what shall we do, God? We really want to influence the community. We want to see more people joining the congregation of the church. So what the Lord led them to was a bus ministry. And so they bought some buses. And the purpose, of course, was that these buses would be, you know, would go to the community around 
And they would pick up people in those communities and they would bring them to church. And the result was truly amazing because the church congregation really, really grew. And so, of course, as we would normally do, we want to learn from others that other churches came and are like, you know, this is truly amazing. We would want to follow suit. And so this church went and they wrote a book about the bus ministry and, you know, how they functioned it, what they did, and some of the exciting things that then happened in their congregation as a result. And so the churches, the other churches, they then went and they took the book and they went and made the same application in their churches. So then they bought buses and they opened, you know, a bus ministry. The only challenge is that it didn't work. And so the results that they had expected to see, they just didn't happen. And so they ended up having to sell those buses at the end. But that is the thing, isn't it? That it never works, but he works. The method is not the key. The Lord will always be the key. And the key will always be given when we have a relationship with God. When you want to know what God desires of you, you ask of him. And when he tells you, be assured that often it will not be the same as somebody else's experience, nor will it be according to what you have envisioned, according to your own vision board. When we choose a path for ourselves, what happens is that we often forget our dependence on God. We leave our relationship with God and go seek after methods and plans and paths that we ourselves have established and often they will fail. So let us remain assured that the Holy Spirit will always help us accomplish the will of the Father. As we surrender to God, we have the assurance of the Holy Spirit within us. We were not left as orphans when Christ returned to heaven. He left us the Holy Spirit to walk with us and to guide us. Here is another thing. The Holy Spirit will never misunderstand the Father's will for your life. Never. That is to say that the Holy Spirit will never lead you astray. Never lead you to a path does not converge with the will of God. It's not going to happen. The most important thing for us to remember is that God is fully invested in his, all, in his whole plan, in his whole plan for his whole creation. So if you're seeking God and you have a heart to do his will, what you are absolutely promised without hesitation is that God will always show you the way, the right way, the good way, the excellent way. If the Lord wants you to live a certain way and to make specific choices, then he must take the responsibility as your father to teach you the right thing to do. As a good and faithful father who sees what is ahead way beyond that which I, us ourselves, can see, 
we can rest on the assurance that he knows. And because he knows, it is truly enough. And he promises so, that so many times in scripture. Psalms 32, 8 says, he assures you that he will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. And that he will counsel you, but that he will always have his eye upon you. David in his prayer also said from Psalms 143.10, Teach me to do your will, O God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Because David knew that it was and it still is the Lord's character to want us to know his will so that we may walk in it confidently. In the book of James, he also proclaims that if you lack wisdom, ask, ask God, because God gives it to you generously. And he does so, and he says that he will do so without finding fault. It will be given to you. And so are you seeking his wisdom because he has promised that no matter what you have done, that he is faithful and loving enough to give you that wisdom. Proverbs 28.5 affirms as well that when we seek the Lord, we will understand all things. We'll have an understanding for all things. And those all things are all things from God, not our things. Psalms 16.11 says that, the God, that God will make known to us that path that is life and that in his presence we will always find joy, that in his right hand we'll find pleasures and he says those pleasures are forever. They're not just for right now. They're not temporary, that his pleasures are forevermore. Number three, God wants me to say yes to the ways he speaks. Remember that God's greater goal is that we deepen our relationship with him. His desire is not, is not so only limited to answering a question that we may have in our hearts. What he really wants is that we establish and we form a pattern that enables us to relate to him in every aspect of our life. He desires for us to be continuously aware that he is present every day, every minute, that he is there, and that is a promise that we can stand on because he says that he renews his grace for us and it is as sure as the morning sunrise. It means that he is always there. But sometimes we might be fearful or we might be anxious because we're scared to take that first step. We're scared to follow that direction that God has sent us to. And sometimes we may not even know the ways in which God is speaking to us. And some of the ways in which the Holy Spirit's voice um, comes alive and is expressed in our lives. So let's look at a few things. I think we can remind ourselves enough about the ways in which God speaks to us 
Because once we are able to do that, then we are able to quiet the voices of the world and really be able to hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So the first one is that we must pay attention to scripture. Because through his word, God teaches us what our Christian life should look like. It teaches us what no longer fits to us who are his children. It teaches us how to really avoid the pitfalls that lead us down a path that does not belong to God. The second thing is that we must pay attention to circumstances of life. God is always speaking all the time. Sometimes he puts us in situations uh, we find ourselves with peace, different people who are around us. He plants us in different spaces. And these circumstances are also continuously speaking to us about the things that the Lord wants to do. He is continuously working in our lives on a moment-by-moment -moment basis to continuously guide us to accomplish his will. And we are his vessels. We are the vessels of God's plan. So we must honor that good and perfect will that the Lord is guiding us to. The third thing is that we must pay attention to good counsel. God also speaks to us through other believers. Sometimes we need the help of other Christians. Actually, very often we need the help of other Christians to know what to do in areas where we are unaccustomed or where we are accustomed to doing that which we want to do. First Timothy 1.5 tells us that we must teach one another with love and a good conscience, and we must also do so with a sincere faith. The next thing is that we must pay attention to our conscience. God speaks to us through our conscience. It's that inner voice of the Holy Spirit that guides your morals, that is your, the moral filter. It's that voice that when you're about to make, take the wrong direction, that you know, and you either step back because you heed the call of the Holy Spirit and the direction of the Holy Spirit, or you still and quiet the voice of the Holy Spirit because you want to do your own will. That is your conscience. It's the alarm that goes off within you when you're tempted to do something that isn't right when you're headed in the wrong direction. And that's Romans 2, 14 to 15. The next thing we must pay attention to is common sense. Did they say that common sense is not so common? <laughs> We must pay attention to common sense because we know when wrong is wrong. We know when right is right. Oftentimes, we're just stuck in this area we want to call a gray zone that's not really a gray zone, right? So the spirit-controlled believer is to use his or her mind when discerning the will of God because the will of God is always good, is always perfect, excellent, and it will always be right. We're also being reminded to pay attention to compulsion because the Lord gives you the strong desire and impulse 
to do his will according to his promptings. The Lord will always prompt your heart towards a direction, towards a good direction. And you will, you will hear it very clearly. And it's the, that thing that helps you get up and say, I'm going to do this because, you know, it's a good, the Lord has called you to be present in that situation. That is the compassion of the Holy Spirit. The next thing is that we must pay attention to contentment. When we discern God's will in our lives, there is tranquility that comes with it. We feel it when we are proceeding in a course of action that has been guided by God. But converse to that, when you're walking in a direction that is not pleasing to the God, you'll feel a friction in your relationship with God. It will always happen. You feel your friction in a relationship with God. And what, then what happens is that oftentimes, because God is always constant, he's always there, you're the one who pulls away. Because you're not at peace with your relationship with God. When you're at the center of God's will, you will feel peace with him. That is Philippians 4, 7. And lastly, <clears throat> let's pay attention to prayer. As we bring our questions and our concerns and our petitions to God in prayer, he is God who promises to make sense of what we are experiencing, what we are going through. But he also promises that he will help us understand how he desires that we proceed, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance is. In Mark eleven twenty four, it says that whatever we ask for in prayer, that we believe that we have received it and that it will be ours. The problem with that verse is how we have interpreted it. It has been used to teach the name it and claim it theology. This is where you decide what you want. You name that request and then you claim it as yours. That is a self-centered approach to theology. Because let us remember that it is God who will always take the initiative. God takes the initiative. And so a God-centered approach is to allow God to lead us to pray according to his will and also in the name and in the character of Jesus Christ. That is in truth and in spirit of the character of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are assured that God is continuously using his resources, sending his resources on our behalf. Of that you can be assured of. The Lord is able to speak to you clearly and the Lord is able to empire, empower you to do that which he wants you to do, that which he has called you to do. The Lord takes the initiative. All you have to do is just to make sure you're paying attention to him, that you're listening, and that when you listen and when you have heard, that you will take that first step 
and obey. Even when you don't know what steps 2 to 25 are, that you will be courageous because he has promised that he is there to take just the one step of obedience because he is God and he will always hold your hand all the way to step 25. And so in conclusion, let us commit to saying yes to obedience because that is the will of God. Let us commit to saying yes as a sign of surrender, not only in our present day very urgent situations, but every day, all the time, for our entire lives. Let us commit to paying attention also to the ways in which God speaks to you uniquely. Be alive to them. Listen to them. Quiet your own voice so that you would hear the voice of the Father. And then always be willing to do whatever he says. Because like we have said, the Holy Spirit will never guide you to the wrong path. Never, ever. And so step out no matter how big, no matter how small the request is from God. No matter how practical and makes sense to you, even when it doesn't and it looks like it's quite unreasonable, even when it looks very easy or when it looks so insurmountable, it looks so difficult, it looks like it can't be achieved, even when it's popular or even when it will make you unpopular, even when it will be rewarding to you, but also when it will be costly to you, always say yes, even when it's hard even when you are afraid, even when you don't understand the direction, even when it's painful. Remember that Jesus is there and he's present, that Jesus is the one who saves you, he forgives your sins, he sanctifies you, he equips you, he provides for you, he protects you, he will fight your battles. All these are promises that are in scripture. And because God has said so, it is enough. It is truly enough. The Lord loves you unconditionally, and he also loves you eternally. That should give you confidence as you walk in the paths, walk in the voice of the Lord when he tells you, walk ye in this direction, that you will follow because you know that his love is ever faithful. So let us always remember to always say yes. I want to invite you to bow down in prayer and consider how connected you are to the voice of the Spirit. Are you bearing his fruit? Are you seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance every day of your life? Are you willing to be fully submitted to the will of God? Or are you still really holding on to that plan and that path that you have created and established for yourself? Are you willing to let go and let God? Is there also a prompting of action that the Lord is calling you to?
Because when we know God, we must change direction. Is there a direction that the Lord is leading you to and has spoken to you, but you have not listened and you have not obeyed, and now you would like to come back into the fold of surrender, into the fold of obedience, to saying yes to this God who is sovereign above all, this God who loves you eternally, this God whose promises is that he will be there for you. You just need to release and believe that he is Lord over your life and he will do everything else. All you have to do is stay in his will. He promises that everything else will be added. Our Lord and our God, we want to thank you as we glorify your name. We thank you that we are ch your children, not because of what we have done but because of your loving faithfulness and your sacrifice of your, Lord Jesus, of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that enables us to come confidently at your feet to know and to stand and say that we are here because we are children of God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that you gave us, that we are not orphans because the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't walk the earth. But we have the Holy Spirit who continuously gives us strength, gives us courage guides our hands and walks with us, opens doors and closes the wrong doors for us, heeds our prayers, O oh Father, guides us to the right ways, enables us to be a people who can be used of you, who can be your feet and who can be your hands and who can be your voice in every place where you have planted us and want us to be fruitful. We want to thank you that we do not do it alone, but it is you who equips us as your children. We glorify your holy name as we thank you that you have been present here in this service and that this word that you have spoken, that we will go with it and we will walk with it as we sleep and as we wake, but that also we'll teach it to those who we come across, who you bring into our spaces. We'll teach it to our children that this will be an inheritance and a legacy that they in turn would teach their own children. We want to thank you, good, faithful God, for it is in Jesus' name that we have prayed and we have believed. If you are here and you want to commit your life to Jesus, you have not known, you have been walking, you have been wandering, this is a good day for you to know God. I want to ask our prayer deacons to come forward if you want to commit and recommit yourself to God, or even if you have a need that you really want to present to God, it has bothered you. Or if you have walked in disobedience and you really want to come back to the fold of obedience to God, I'm going to encourage you to come courageously forward because God never finds fault. The only thing that he desires of us is we come into his presence with a contrite heart. So the Lord bless you as you walk in his ways and when you always say yes because it is enough we say it is enough it is enough amen Thank you. let's appreciate the lord more and better come on as i request us all to stand so that we finish the service with this hymn spirit lead me everybody say
challenged you we hope that it has been a blessing in your life if you would like to give your life to christ or have someone pray with you kindly reach us on whatsapp on 0721-990-880 god bless you